Hey folks, you're listening to an episode of Cultural Lenses, a show about life from the perspective of an Indian man who grew up in the Middle East and is now living in Canada. Cultural Lenses is hosted by Nikhil Chodimela, otherwise known as LR11, or more simply, as LR. The theme song of Cultural Lenses was made by good friends of LR, Revelries. You can find them on Spotify and also on Twitter at Revelries Music. And finally, to keep up with LR and all of what he does, make sure you follow him on Twitter at LRThe11, on Instagram at LR11, and on Twitch, where he occasionally streams at twitch.tv LR11. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Cultural Lenses. I'm your host, Nikhil Chodimela, otherwise known as LR11, or more simply known as LR. Welcome back to another episode. Uh, sorry about missing last week. We had a cyclone pass by, and it, it didn't really cause any problems for the most part. Uh, but there was a, uh, a day or two where the internet had died. And there was also a day where the power cut out longer than usual, so I just kind of took it easy, given that we were dealing with a natural disaster. But uh, we're back. Um, as a reminder, I am still actively in India. Uh, I have been uh, relocated here for immigration reasons, and I will be here for the foreseeable future. I say foreseeable future, but the plan is to be back in Canada by January because I am currently taking online classes for a school in Vancouver. I am uh, taking a in intensive web dev course that'll last for a year, which will lead into a master's program. So I'm very excited. I've been um, back to school. Um, it's finally given me something to do because uh, this entire time since I started this podcast actually last year, which we haven't talked about, but we've passed the anniversary of Cultural Lenses. Cultural Lenses launched July 1st, 2020. And I'm pretty sure I mentioned it, but failed to properly recognize the fact that I've been doing this for a year, even with all the breaks. And I'm very proud of myself for um, sticking with it, uh, you know, finding and cultivating this really cool, creative outlet. And I'm very thankful for all of you who are here and who have been listening. Appreciate you all very much. I don't know. I feel like I'm very um, reporter-like today. Ugh. Um, what was I saying? Yes, I, I, uh, I'm taking that course. I should be back in Vancouver in January, but I'm currently in India, and I'm enjoying myself here. 
Um, it's been a, I've never actually lived in India. For those of you who may or may not know, I uh, was born in India, but then I grew up in the Middle East. Uh, moved almost immediately to uh, Dubai, the United Arab Emirates, Dubai, Abu Dhabi. Spent about 17 years of my life there. High school, everything, all all over there. And then moved to Canada when I was about 19. Um, and so I'd visit um, India every summer, which is relevant because uh, today we're going to be talking about code switching. Um, but before I get to that, I just wanted to I just wanted to chit chat with you all, get you all up to speed. I there's construction going on right now, so I apologize if you hear all that banging uh, come through every now and then. There's uh, only so much I'm able to do, I think, with uh, the audio editing. Uh, my situations have changed, so I'm learning to adapt. Um, but I found a couple of solutions that have worked out really well, actually. Uh, especially for the room that I'm recording in, it has a lot of echo. And I found a really awesome de-reverb tool uh, plugin for Adobe Audition that's worked wonders. So, uh, there were two shows that I watched recently, back-to-back. First was uh, Midnight Mass, starring Rahul Kohli. Oh, what I wouldn't do for an opportunity to hold that man's hand. What a wonderful soul and a wonderful actor. Uh, very handsome, too. Uh, oh, what I wouldn't do to... Like, he's genuinely one of my dream guests. Rahul Kohli and Dave Grohl are, are some of my dream guests because... They're just fascinating people. Rahul Kohli is is, is 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 in the intersection of so many different cultures and societies and subcultures, and I just want to be able to have a conversation with him one day. Um, and Dave Grohl is one of the greatest fucking musicians of all time. He's fifty two now, and he's still he's he's still kicking ass. And but he's still the the things that he's done have been so iconic and so influential and he's also just known as an all-around nicest you know just an just a great guy in the industry and i just i would love to be able to pick his brain about some things um but then not about music just about other things because he's done so much he's done so many documentaries he's he just released a book actually that um he's done he's done so many of those types of things that i don't know if i'd necessarily have anything to ask him about his music or the Foo Fighters uh, I just want to know about him I'd love to like get to know him as like a family man you know how, how his day-to-day is um, because it's so fascinating to see some of these people gain so much power and be able to manage all things um, but anyways I digress uh, Midnight Mass and Sex Education Season 3 Sex Education Season 3 was really fun um I think they've just ramped it up on making sure that representation feels right across the board for uh, the youngsters, uh, this this youngest generation who are hitting that age between 17 to 21, 22, um, especially those who are part of the queer community who are struggling with their self-identity and are struggling to love themselves and and feel like they fit in. Um, I at least think, as a uh, cisgendered male, that uh, that I think they did a good job. It didn't. It never felt 
pushy. It felt very normal. There was a lot of things that, not that they glossed over, but they included that made sense would just be a normal part of somebody's life. Um, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And it tackled some also really interesting uh, dynamics and expectations for what a uh, the 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 job or uh, the expectations placed on a straight couple. Um, and then Midnight Mass was I highly recommend Midnight Mass. It is an exploration into the into how people will use a religion to justify anything. Um, and in this case, it does use Christianity, but it is done in such a way where they've never they never made fun of Christians or Christianity. They made fun of specific types of people who use Christianity in a very specific way. Uh, and I say make fun, but I think it, it's more of making a point or trying to visually represent and bring across a narrative of how anybody could use religion to justify whatever they're doing. Um, and one of the best things about Midnight Mass for me as a bearded brown person is seeing Rahul Kohli play a um, Muslim father. And I'm sure you would have seen the uh, clips floating around social media if you haven't watched the show before you see those clips. But the the way they represent a Muslim man, um, a, a sorry, let me let me correct myself. The way they represent an American Muslim man was very normal and. You don't, I don't see that a lot. Because I grew up in the Middle East. I could tell you a lot of things about how Muslims are very much misrepresented in North America. Islamophobia is very real. And seeing, uh, you know, there's, uh, and this is a minor spoiler, so it gives us about two minutes. Uh, skip ahead for about 30 seconds from now. But there's a scene where they all attend, you know, everybody in the the community, the cast and the characters attend like a community dinner or whatever. And you'll see him sitting with an empty plate because none of the food was halal. So he couldn't eat it and he chose to not eat it. And it's just a small detail that unless you were Muslim yourself, um, you wouldn't uh, see it. Um, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed uh, that uh, little audio gap. Uh, thank you for your patience. But. It does representation for so many things on uh, very well, I think. And the story was interesting, um, kept me going throughout. It, for me personally, and I, I wonder if this was meant to be on purpose, but I could, I, I was able to see a lot of the things coming. I was able to see through the story pretty easily. Um, but that's probably just either good storytelling or just unfortunate. I just got lucky with the guesses. Either way, I'm not complaining. There's just an observation of um, of how I uh, have uh, how of how I experienced this show. Um, but both shows made me emotional for very different reasons. Uh, Midnight Mass made me more emotional on the representation side of things because um, I'm legitimately seeing a dude who looks just like me on screen. You know, not just like me vaguely, but you know what I mean. And it feels normal. It feels nice. Um, and sex education made me feel 
like I'm still a 17, 18 year old trying to figure out who I am or what I'm doing. And it felt okay to feel that way. It's okay to still be lost and trying to figure out what's going on because nobody knows what they're doing. Everybody's in pretty much a similar boat as you. Even if you have an idea or a plan laid out of what you want to happen, something else is going to happen and you have to be flexible enough to bend with the changes or whatever is happening now. Um, yeah, there was a lot of... Uh, it, it genuinely was a very good season and I it's one of my favorite shows. I'm also a big fan of like the drama, high school life type shows, but ones that are actually good. I'm not talking about what is it, vampire diaries or like I I don't know. I'm I'm being critical and gatekeeping and I shouldn't be, but I'm also just being a shitter and judging things before I have experienced or seen them. But that comes back around all the way to code switching. Um, when we talk about representation, we talk about wanting to be seen, wanting to be represented, you know, as whatever, at least at the very least, a fair representation of whatever chunk of the population we take up in whatever, you know, market or industry. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's more so than that. It comes down to also normalizing a lot of the ways we do things. Because if you come from a Eurocentric background, a you know a colonizer background, anybody that's not Eurocentric or not uh, who didn't come from that colonizer background is immediately made to be the other. We are automatically, by default, made to be um, a a foreign being, and it takes conscious effort to not see us as such. People were, I was trying to explain to somebody, I can't remember who, and I don't know if I brought it up publicly, but it really bothered me when people were upset about the lives lost for 9-11. And let me finish. Um, the main, main reason being is it is absolutely horrible what happened to those people that lost their lives on that day. But very few acknowledge, and I don't even know how many people are actually aware of the people that proceeded to lose their lives because of it. And I'm not talking about the bad guys, right? Let's assume you rounded up all the bad guys and they got their justice and great revenge was had, you feel vindicated. Awesome. But what about the people who were automatically associated with the bad guys just because they happen to be a similar shade of brown? The amount of Sikhs uh, that were forced to go against the parts of their religion because they were suddenly afraid for their lives because turbans had become synonymous with terrorist for whatever reason or for with Arab. Um, Arabs had become synonymous with terrorists. Beards and brown skin became synonymous with terrorists. Uh, the amount of Indians and Sri Lankans and uh, Punjabis 
um, who had to start, suddenly start being conscious about the things that they said and the things that they wore, um, even though the supposed culprits came from a completely different cultural background, country, it didn't, it did not matter. We are others. Uh, we we are foreigners. We are aliens. We match the description. Good enough. Time to blame them. Um, and that that really bothered me. That uh, even after twenty years, there was still a lack of acknowledgement of the of the way life had changed for everybody. Truly, after that moment is when Islamophobia took took a um, sword, it gained, it climbed, it, it gained such a strong foothold in the heart of Americans, North Americans. Um, nobody talks about the lives of uh, Afghani, you know, civilians and, and, and their lives that were lost as a result of the war that proceeded in no, I don't even want to talk about uh, America's retreat from Kabul, which left the whole country in a shit show. But it's because of that. Um, that's the that's one of the best ways that I can explain code switching, um, or at least to help help you understand code switching and why it's so important, and why it can also be very detrimental. Code switching is the practice of alternating between two or more language or varieties of language in conversation. Um, so it is a way of uh, the you know the the most famous example whether you saw Barack Obama do it or you saw Key and Peele do it is uh, Key and Peele did a skit on what Barack Obama did, which is when you went into a room to have a meeting with a whole bunch of people, and standing at the door to greet him was were a bunch of people, and the first three or four or something were white folk, and then he sees this black man and he goes up to greet him with you know and he's shaking his hands with the white folk you know normal i guess sir how's it now good to see you and then he goes in for like a big um you know um the the, the way he greeted that black man was different you know uh did the whole thing of like arms clasping pulling each other in shoulders touch hug the back um uh, the, the way he greeted him was different because there was a different set of um, there's a different way we communicate depending on the audience, depending on um, so many things, but it primarily comes down to uh, ethnicity or cultural identity. Um, I code switch a lot, and at this point I code switch without meaning to. When I was 13, I joined a um, school that was primarily still a lot of Indians, but we had a lot of uh, students from all parts of the world and we were uh, learning a British curriculum and there was South Africans and Britishers in my class and, and people from all over the place and you know being um, uh, what do you call it medicated almost on Western media you know in, in the Middle East we're just medicated on Western media for the most part I knew already at that point that I'm seeing these people and I don't want to be made fun of this is my first time seeing white people not seeing but like regularly interacting with and hanging out and i don't want to be made fun of uh, i don't want them to think of me as lesser at the age of 13 that 
was my train of thought. Um, and so I started putting on an accent, this very accent that you hear, and I forced it then, and then now it's become what it is. Um, I can't stop it. I can't willingly switch to and from it. I still make a lot of, I still like slur a lot of the things that I say because it's not a natural accent. Um, I, I developed this so that I could try and fit in. So that, yes, like I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not stupid. I listen to my um, episodes. I listen to the episodes that I make. I know that you can still hear some, something else at the very least. You know, um, I can tell you that something else is Indian, but I know somebody else would be able to like, oh, you know, no, they're, they've got an, you know, American Canadian accent, but there's something else there. You know, just a hint of something extra, something mixed in. Um, but it was enough for me to kind of blend in. You know, I was like, oh, you're not like other Indians. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to fit in. I wanted. I didn't want them to think of me as weird or like think my food was smelly or whatever. I went through. I went through all of that. Um, it's very much the reason I think that uh, uh, they in in China and parts of China, at least, when they're doing. When they're in school and they're teaching them English, they go through a phase where they ask them to pick their English name so that when they are meeting foreigners, it is not confusing for them. We're making their lives easier um, so that they can work around us. Um, or where we're equipping it with them with those tools rather than allowing them to be unfamiliar and uncomfortable and take their time to learn. We're removing all of that, not any opportunity for them to learn anything about us by saying, my name is Sam. You know, and so I think it was it's a similar um similar thing where because I talk like this, they're not gonna have too many questions about me or my culture, and I wouldn't have to explain things or feel embarrassed and they'd be at ease around me because they don't have to do as much work. They don't have to worry about am I going to understand him? Um and code switching has really been on the front of my mind because ever since I've been here, I've been speaking very much like me, what I would. And I and I speak like this when I'm speaking to family or if I'm around somebody who is Indian. Um, and solely, if I'm only around somebody who's Indian, then I will speak um, the way I originally do, normally do. And I, But it's not something I can choose to control. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody who is... Um, they're an Indian, Indian American, they have an American accent, and I was trying to explain things in my mother tongue using a couple of words here and there, and I was tripping over my words because I didn't know how to pronounce, excuse me, I didn't know how to pronounce those words with an American accent or, you know, like a white accent, and it was so bizarre that it's gotten to this point where I can't willingly um switch between them this I, i've known for a long time but i also can't mix them which is strange and i don't know where that leaves me at this point um and either way either way i speak i feel i don't feel super comfortable or it's the wrong way to put it i don't feel out of place speaking either way I think it's 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 become such a natural thing for me that at this point I've stopped caring about making people around me comfortable with 
things that are foreign or like difficult topics for them. If they're going to keep up, they're going to keep up. If they're going to try, they're going to try. If they're not going to, not my problem, really. But it is very interesting that the, uh, these two sides of me have become the norm. Um, and even with two sides, it's not like I have two different personalities. It's uh, Maybe the speech does evoke two different personalities, but I just have two different faces uh, or two different facets uh, when I present myself to, to people. And the, the side which I present them with uh, changes based on who they are and where they're from, but otherwise it's still me. Um, it's just different outfits. And... Uh, I found I found I found an article um, that talks about code switching primarily in the context of Black Americans, what they have to do uh, to survive in corporate America, because talking like um, the colonizers will allow you to avoid the uh, things like the negative stereotypes of being Black, such as incompetence or laziness, or being thought of as not as smart. Um, uh code switching and and allowing yourself to blend in um gives you the opportunity to share interest with you know members of the dominant groups to promote similarities within powerful or with the powerful uh, members of that hierarchy of that organization of that company um which would in turn lead to raise chance like, you know increased chance of promotions um and and the worst part in my opinion, is that it, the way you speak, um, primarily the vernacular and the manner in which you speak, if you speak more like the colonizers, that helps to increase the perceptions of professionalism and increases your likelihood of being hired. And that's just downright disgusting. Um, for you to put yourself through through pretending to be somebody who you're not um, just in order to be able to survive and not being allowed to embrace your natural self is is sad. Um, and again, like with me, that still might be what I'm doing. Maybe I can't see it. But at this point, it's become just a natural way of me speaking. You know, I feel comfortable speaking like this. I feel comfortable speaking the way I do with, with my family. These are just two different sides of me. You're probably never going to hear that side unless... Um, there's like eight family members and it's just you that the one person sitting next to me, then you'll hear that other side of me. Or if I'm talking to my mom on the phone in front of you or something, but this is a whole other level. You're, it, it becomes such a mentally exhausting thing that you have to constantly put on this mask and, um, and and pretend to be something you're not in order to appease a bunch of people who happen to be in majority, and so that puts them in power, and it is it is just it is just a lot, and so I've been thinking about code switching, why I do it, why I started it, um, and how has it affected me? That 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 last question being the most important because I've explored the other two. I know why I started doing it. Um, I know how long I've been doing it, but why? How does it affect me? Is I don't know yet, you know, like as, as with this accent, I still mix up my W's and V's. It's still a constant mix up and I'll still never get over it. But I, I genuinely don't know yet.
how much it has impacted me because I've only recently started reclaiming myself fully and expressing myself fully. So only something that time will tell. Anyways, thank you very much for listening. I'm going to leave it here for the week. Uh, there's a very, there's a very, very, very exciting episode coming next week. I hope it's going to be next week or in the next two weeks. Um, so please look out for that. And the other thing that I want to mention is to keep an eye out for when I drop my fan house link up on social media. I'm trying something new. Uh, fan house is a new platform um, where uh, creators can build a private, a small community, um, set subscription prices. You can tip them, pay for th- you know extra things. So the idea with fan house is. Uh, the regular weekly episode, the normal episode, the main episode is never going to be behind a paywall. I'm never going to put that behind a paywall. So you, listener, dear listener, are never going to be expected to sub to the fan house to be able to continue listening. I will never expect that. What is going to go on the fan house is our, uh, some more um, episodes or like content that I'm wary of putting out to the public. And I'd like to lock those behind a paywall. And and so I'm still trying to figure out frequency, but I'm looking at twice a month. Um, but Fanos is going to be $5 to subscribe. Um, and at the very least, you get a guarantee of uh, episodes twice a month, bonus content, and some other tidbits and sneak peeks into other aspects of my life. Um and if I get enough subscribers, it'll allow me to do custom things. And so I'm still trying to figure out the pricing and what I'd like to do. But I'm thinking of things like um, for $10, for 30 seconds, you can have me say whatever you want me to say. Reasonable things, of course. No racism, homophobia, sexism, none of that shit. Um, for $5, I don't know. Like, but you get the idea. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll tear out some things, just some fun things if you ever want me to do. If you never use them, great. If you don't subscribe, great. What matters to me the most is this. This right here is what matters to me the most, and I don't want it to fan house or take away anything from this. I just wanted to try something different. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. If you made it this far, I appreciate you very much. Take care of yourself. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. And remember, reach out to a loved one and let them know that you care for them. I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Bye-bye. I mean, I'll talk to you all soon. Oops. Working on changing over to um, neutral language. Take care.